Hello, everyone. My name is David Hernandez, and you're listening to As the Pokeball Turns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of As the Pokeball Turns, a Pokemon Go podcast where we discuss news, events, and other topics around Pokemon Go. Today, we have episode five of Trainer's Eyes, a segment where we get to hear from you, the community, on how your Pokemon Go journey started, where it has been, and where it's ultimately going. Back on December 12, 2018, PvP, one of the most sought-after mechanics from the main series, was finally introduced into Pokemon Go, and it received a mixed reaction. Gone were the four moves turnstile battle system known from the main series, and what came was one fast move, two charge moves, two shields, and tapping. Lots of tapping. The Go Battle League we know today wasn't even released until January of 2020. However, that didn't stop a PvP meta from developing, and for one of the longest pillars of Pokemon Go, the Silph Road, to take the reins with the introduction of the Silph Arena. As PvP continued to evolve through a COVID world, the Silph Arena announced a new addition that promised to change the landscape of PvP forever. The path towards the pinnacle of Pokemon Go PvP would no longer be walked in solitude. It was time to gather your squad with Silph Factions. Factions is a team-based PvP league where many teams were formed to be crowned champion. My guest today is a member of the faction known as Switchmasters. In addition, he is also a Pokemon TCG collector and one half of the Purified Podcast. My friends, allow me to introduce to you Chris, a.k.a. Pokemon Trigger, please. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Trainer's Eyes, a segment of the podcast where we get to hear from various people around the community on how their Pokemon Go journey has started, where it has been, and where it is ultimately going. Today, I'm joined by a very good friend of the show and one half of the Purified Podcast. Chris, before we do get started, how about you introduce yourself and tell people who you are? For those of you that aren't familiar, myself and Lewis, also known as Pure Lighter, do the Purified podcast, which is also a Pokemon Go podcast. I am Team Valor. I've been uh, playing Pokemon Go for quite some time. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how the show goes. Definitely. So how did your Pokemon Go journey start? I actually waited three days to join Pokemon Go. I think I judged Pokemon Go at the beginning. I was like, who are these people swooping in and taking up the Pokemon name? You know, who is Niantic? I wasn't sure how I felt about it. After three days, I gave it a shot. I was like, hey, I can't really judge it until I try it. So I started Pokemon Go, never looked back on July 10th. It's been fantastic. Met a lot of people along the way, including Lewis. As soon as raids started, I think that's when a lot of people really started to connect with each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially the tier fives. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I really wanted those T-Tars and then the legendaries came out. And if you didn't have a bunch of people, you were not getting that raid done. So yeah, it's been a uh, fantastic. I can't really see myself leaving Pokemon Go unless they did something dramatically wrong. I can't see that happening though, <laughs> to be honest. It's funny. You were first reluctant and now you're addicted. So welcome to the Pokemon oh, yeah. Go Addicted Club. 
<laughs> I know you talked about how you were hesitant. So, like, was it hesitant because Game Freak wasn't in charge or was it just because of Niantic? I don't know if it's because it was mobile and it was so new. I really think it was the Niantic name, though. It was somebody, you know, completely new. Oh, they're going to ruin the franchise and I'm going to hate it. Maybe if it was Game Freak, I would have just picked it up without even thinking. I just judged it before even playing it for some reason, even though I loved Pokemon. I was a huge Pokemon fan before Pokemon Go, but I don't know what it was. I think it was just the fact that it was a brand new person to me running the game. That's fair. And since you said you're such a huge fan, like, how much of a fan are we talking? Like, have you been playing from day one? I believe when I was about 10, I don't know the exact age I was, but it was right about when Sapphire came out. Because on that Christmas, I somehow got my dad to get me a Game Boy Advanced SP and uh, Sapphire while my sister got Ruby. And we each started in Gen 3, making that, you know, my favorite gen just because it was my first gen pretty much. I, I feel like it's the same way for a lot of people. Started with Mudkip, played through the game. I couldn't find Surf, even though they walk you right to it. So I ended up with a level 80 Swampert before the, I believe, fifth gym. Gosh. Uh, okay. And then, it's, yeah, it's, it's, this was before the internet was like a, a big thing. So I couldn't like just Google it. So, yeah, I just ended up breezing through the game after that. But um, after that, scooped up, you know, Fire Red, got to play through Gen 1. I did play through the original Fire Red and Silver when I found them at a flea market one day. That was pretty exciting, even though black and white isn't as exciting to kids as playing in color. Other than that, I played until about Gen 4, and then I ended up stepping away from Pokemon. I thought you had to get a 3DS to play Gen 5 onwards, and I was I just didn't have the funds for that. I didn't have a job. I didn't want to make my parents buy a 3DS when they already bought me a DS to play a few of the newer games. So uh, I stepped away and then Pokemon Go came out and got me back into the fray. And I ended up buying a Switch to play Pokemon Sword and Shield. So I have been looking into playing some of the older games. I've played through a bit of Sun, not Moon yet, and only a little bit of uh, Gen 5 as an emulator, though. I am looking to play through a few of the gents, though, so I can see what I missed out on. Now, Gen 5 was, I believe, black and white, hard gold, soul silver, and black and white too, right? Yes, I played through a bit of black and white. X and Y isn't as exciting to me. I do think I need to play it. It's the same thing with Pokemon Go. I need to play it before I judge it. <laughs> right. Because uh, I'm sure even X and Y is a lot of people's favorite games. Yeah, definitely. Because oddly enough, you know, I grew up with Gen 1, but actually I love Gen 3. It's my favorite generation of all time. I love Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Oh. Yeah. And I love that whole generation. It's a loaded gen. It is. And it helped that uh, during Gen 4, I broke my DS. So I had like seven years or six or seven years, I don't know how long it was, of just playing Gen 3. But I loved it so much. I can play that game probably blindfold at this point. Oh my gosh, dude. There are people that do that. So I, I definitely believe you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. During Gen 3, did you ever play Pokemon Coliseum or XD Gale Darkness by chance? No, sadly. I don't remember. I feel like I've seen Coliseum. I've seen it with my eyes and I'm very angry. I did not pick that up when I was a kid because, you know, looking back at it, I really feel like I would have loved that game. I don't know why, but like 
watching people play it now, seeing Shadow Lugia XD001. Sweet I, I think skin, that's the man. Thing. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's why we were a lot of us were disappointed when uh, Niantic announced Shadow Lugia. It just was a. <laughs> there was like, where's the purple in this, man? Come on. Technically, they could release it in the future. I don't know if I see it coming to Pokemon Go, though, just because of how all the rights are as much as I want it. <laughs> Unfortunately, and for those who don't know, so apparently there's a little bit of, I'll say blurriness in regards to does the TPC have permission to use Shadow Lugia Sprite or not? I'm going to leave it at that just because it gets very convoluted at that point. Since you've played Pokemon so long, like, do you have any favorite Pokemon or do you have like a certain favorite at all? A lot of mine are from third gen. On all for it. Let's I, go. I, I just love it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously, I uh, I said I had a level 80 Swamper. It picked Mudkip. Love that thing. Oh, you love, uh, you like Mudkip. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Mudkip. <laughs> Love Rayquaza. I think that's an awesome legendary. It's been in my top three for the longest time. <laughs> if you guys have ever seen my profile picture, I love Shuckle. That was more because of recently. I did a drawing contest in a Pokemon Discord. There used to be a Pokemon catching bot on Discord called Pokecord, and it had art contests. So I decided to join one of the art contests, and uh, it was to draw a detective shuckle. I thought it was really fun. I'm a little bit artistic. I'm not like a monster at it, but uh, I ended up drawing a shuckle with a little detective hat and a little uh, magnifying glass. And I ended up using that as my profile picture when I started uh, Twitch. Because of that, it's definitely grown on me as a Pokemon. I think it's a, a really cute Pokemon. I think it's very meme-worthy. I think Shuckle and Rayquaza are always going to be cemented for me as two of my top Pokemon, with Mudkip being my favorite starter. Obviously, I love Darzard. A lot of people either love him or, you know, are tired of seeing him. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, you know, you're known by Pokemon Trigger, please. So how did that name come about? Oh, my gosh. I started out with a different name in Pokemon Go. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> yes. <laughs> My name used to be Ben Dover for me, please. And <laughs> okay. Yeah, Ni Niantic wasn't a big fan of that. Oh, so you got the message from Niantic. Well, yeah, I used to put my Pokemon in the gym at the church by my house. I'm 99% sure somebody there. <laughs> reported my name sadly um, oh my gosh yeah yeah i i was disappointed you know especially after seeing a bunch of other names i've seen from like that time onwards i was so mad i was like oh you guys are getting triggered by this i made my name pokemon triggered please because i was kind of salty <laughs> that i had to change my name that's hilarious oh my gosh i didn't know there was that much history behind it <laughs> Yeah, I was just salty. So I was like, oh, yeah, you guys are triggered. Well, I'm triggered, too. I like the name now, but it does make me laugh looking back at it. Wow. There's so many words I have to say. I don't know where to start. But so we, I know you like to PvP. But before we get to that, before PvP, how would you play Pokemon Go? I'd say I was a very, very serious. I was very serious about getting high CP Pokemon. This was before Legendaries. This was before a lot of the strong, strong, strong Pokemon got in there. You know, you'd see uh, Dragonites, you'd see Snorlaxes. I don't think I had a Dragonite until shortly before I was level 40. 
So I'd spend my nights like really late over by a river walk. It's literally a walk next to the river. I'd get a bunch of water Pokemon, primarily like tentacruels. And uh, a lot of Eevees try to get those Vaporeons because those two were fairly easy to get and very strong with the gym system early on. I would uh, power up the gyms and everything wherever I could fight them. <laughs> Dude, there'd be two people fighting a gym and I'd somehow be powering it up faster than they could beat it. I don't know. The old system was pretty broken, even though people hate the berries. When people started putting Blissey into gym, this was way later on. When people started putting Blissey's into gyms, I just couldn't fight it anymore because of how hard it was to beat Blissey's. I just didn't want to take the time. But yeah, before PvP, I was just grinding like crazy, trying to get every Pokemon for the Pokedex, of course, and trying to get that high CP, painting the town red. I don't know if I mentioned it. I am Team Valor, and I am very, very happy I picked Valor. Do you remember why you picked Valor? I thought that the different teams would have different bonuses for you because of like things they said, like Spark is all about instinct, doing things on the fly. Mystic is all about knowledge of evolutions. And this is what caught my eye. Valor is all about power in battles, I believe, or something like that. And I was like, well, obviously I want to be strong. So I... <laughs> I picked Valor. Plus, I think out of all three birds, Moltres appeals to me the best. Even though I personally, I think Spark is probably the coolest looking leader just in my eyes. I mean, he's the dabbing king now. I wouldn't switch teams, but I definitely think he's one of the cooler leaders. Lewis is obviously Mystic. I believe you're Team Valor too, correct? Mystic. Oh no! <laughs> we can't, we can't. You're not invited to my tea party though. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was just crashing anyway. <laughs> oh my. So similar to you, so I was actually, the only reason why I chose Mystic was because I thought, like you said, there was going to be bonuses, but I thought that yeah. based on the team we would get would be the legendary bird we get. And my probably favorite Pokemon's Articuno. So I'm like, really? I want to make sure that I get Articuno no matter what. You know, this is before raids, before everything else we knew, right? So I chose Mystic, but if it wasn't for that, if I know now, I probably would have been Team Instinct, to be honest. You really would have thought they would have brought the birds into it a little bit more other than just a sign. So I'm a little bit surprised by that. Like, I don't know. Has the team members even mentioned the legendary birds other than having them on their Master League teams? I don't think they've ever said their names. Not that I recall, no. I think it's just been the logo. That's the team you choose. You know, gyms and teams were probably more prevalent back in the day compared to nowadays. But most of the parts, just a simple design. That's about it. So strange. Very much so. So eventually you did get into PvP. And what about PvP really interested you or what got you hooked? So uh, same thing with Pokemon Go. I was initially very angry with PvP because I was like, who is this Sylph Road? And why are they the only people trying to move in on PvP? Why is there no one else? <laughs> You're living up to your trigger name right now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, get, getting angry. Get angry. <laughs> I was like, who are they? They're, they're coming out of nowhere. They're, they're trying to be the uh, founding force, the only people on the scene. But I was like, obviously, I got to try it before I knock it. Ended up getting into it. And I was one of the people that already used them before to report the nests. I wasn't like completely against them, against them. But I was just a little bit annoyed that there was literally like nobody else trying to move in on the scene. It felt like. I'm not a big fan of like monopolies in a way, you know? So I think that part took me back a bit. 
PvP started out very unbalanced, I would say. I think it was Boulder Cup, I believe. And Skarmory, Metacham were like OP. I remember my first team. I don't know why. I put two Nidokings on one team. This was before they had a ban for you to use multiple Pokemon of the same species. And I put Nidoking on a team instead of like six Skarmories. I, I, I don't know what I was doing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I lost hard that first cup, obviously. I was not prepared for Nidoking or uh, the Skarmories. I don't think a lot of people were prepared for Skarmory because I think Skarmory was one of the Pokemon to where people didn't think it was going to be good until eventually cups started being held. And then that's when people were looking for Skarmory Nest. Yeah, I think this might have been long before PV Pokey was relevant. A lot of people didn't know about the website itself. But if you guys don't know, PV Pokey is amazing. But yeah, I ended up getting really into it. I wasn't one of the people that led the PVP at the beginning. After a few of the team leaders just weren't as interested in PvP later on, I loved PvP so much I became the person that held the PvP cups for a bit. And this is with your community or is this with Self Road? Yes. Specifically through Self Road, I'd be the person that orders the badges, holds the cups, try to get a start time and everything for everybody. I think we did try to do like unranked ones a few times. Obviously, it, it was easier when the remotes started like a shiny only cup because I just thought that was, you know, a fun little challenge to do. I will say I at least locally was the uh, highest ranked for a bit. I ended up hitting the elite ranking on Sylph. And at the beginning of one of the seasons, I can brag about this, even though it happened legit like the first week, I was ranked three in the world <laughs> in Sylph. But but like to be fair, like I'll I'll be honest, it was because there was only like two cups that were ranked at that point. But my name was there, <laughs> and it was awesome. And then it's, a lot it of it still counts. Did. It still counts. Oh yeah, I I got the screenshot, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the funniest thing out of that was I was in one of those groups on the Sylph website where they'd have like eight people fight every cup. One of the people complained that I was trying to fight people weaker than me to rank up. Like, how how does that work? How would I know that I was going to win? They think you paid them under the table. That's what happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. Give me weak opponents to fight against. That's real fun. I think COVID really shut down a lot of PvP, definitely locally, because we weren't allowed to hold ranked tournaments at all for a bit through Sylph. I think because of that, that was the main reason that we kind of just stopped doing PvP locally or meeting up locally. And now that everything is becoming more open, it's not something I can really get back to now, mostly because of work. I don't know, maybe in the future I'd want to do it again because it was really fun. But trying to get that eight person minimum is very tricky. Yeah, you just try being some person who doesn't want to do it just to get that eighth person so you can actually have an official tournament. It's kind of frustrating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll get six or seven pretty constantly. But that last person, oh, my gosh, unranked if we don't get them. Yep. And even around my area, PvP is basically, I don't want to say dead, but I don't think there's been any self-meetup since COVID happened. So we're talking three, two years at this point. It's a tricky situation. You just got to look forward to those big meetups. Those are the best ones. Can you tell me, like, I know you're involved with factions now, but can you explain, like, what factions are and how you got involved? 
I don't remember how exactly I came to join the faction I did. I believe I was on Twitter, uh, which I'd flex that I was an elite trainer and very strong. I ended up seeing that one of the fellow podcasters, Jolt Switch, was actually putting together a team of PVPers. And I, being very happy with Great League, opted to try to be their Great League specialist. In my opinion, I think we did fantastic the first season. Factions is very interesting to me because all the weight isn't on you. Let's say you have a bad week, you go zero and three. Your team may be having a really good week. So they pick you up when you're down. You try to pick them up when they're down or the whole team just kills everything that week. But yeah, I had a very strong teammates. I still do. We've had a few team changes over the seasons, but I'm very happy with how far we've come. Switchmasters was at silver tier last season. We had a rough season, so we dropped down to copper, but we're right at the start of this season with Lewis on the squad now, actually, pure letter. We're really hoping to climb back up to silver or higher, obviously. I really think we're at least a silver tier team. So really hoping to push through this season. That's awesome. So how many people are on a faction normally? Ooh, that number actually changed this season. I believe it was one for each of the different leagues, one for Great League, Ultra, and Master. I think we had three for three different special cups, but I think it's almost as much as 10 members. That's very cool. So I know you were talking about like levels like copper, or silver, and gold. How many levels are there and like how does a team or a faction progress? There's open tier. Uh, and then it goes to iron, and then it goes to copper tier. And I believe each tier has 10 teams. So it goes from copper to bronze, goes from bronze to silver, from silver to gold, gold to platinum, platinum to diamond. And then they just added the new emerald tier this season, I believe. It's definitely a grind. It's really competitive. There are people that sponsor teams. Our team has been sponsored by energy drinks and uh, really? you know, <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't talk about that we, we don't we don't i'm not gonna mention that too much but that's fair that's fine i'm not gonna go into too much detail i feel like they might become bigger in the future with how much pokemon go is being seen as a pvp entity now yeah i think that spotlight definitely helped pokemon go pvp a lot you never know you may see some faction battles at a uh, worlds next year i know people who look on the outside they just think it's tap 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 but once you dive into PvP, it's way more in-depth than the simple tap, tap, tap. There's way different strategies that go along. There's different roles for each team. And that's kind of the biggest hurdle you have to get to players who are not familiar with PvP to like, kind of learn. Yeah, a lot of people think you'll just get hard countered by a team that you just can't get out of. I've seen people come back from the most wild hard counters. The fact that a uh, Metacham can still beat like a Skarmory is something that makes it fun to watch because it doesn't seem like it can be done from the outside. So seeing people do the impossible is really fun to see as a human. You know, it's like watching the underdog come out on top. You said that factions make PvP more interesting as opposed to just playing solo. What does factions add to PvP in your opinion? I think the team aspect specifically, having other people to go through your team with, to rely on, to just be friends with is uh, really nice because you guys get to pump each other up, let people know when there's a big hole in their team. Like, oh my gosh, if you fight a Wigglytuff, you are not getting through this week. So y'all actually play against each other and talk PvP like outside of the whole battle thing? 
between the weeks, we'll try to look through teams that let's say, oh, we're going to battle the gnarly shuckles this week (laughs) (laughs) or something. Oh, you're the great league guy. You better watch out. This guy really likes to run uh, Registeel. Make sure you got a Pokemon that can cover that. We might fight them with a team that they might use to try and get them prepared for that. How are you going to get out of this situation? Just something so they don't start a fight and have the worst possible scenario and just get all flustered. Yeah, You want to be prepared for the worst scenario. So this is off topic. So when I used to host the dodgeball teams, I named four teams after the starters. It was Bombasaurs, Charm and Hers, Squirtle Boppers, and Pikachus. Oh my gosh. So if anybody's trying to think of a faction name, you have my permission to use it. Anyway, I just wanted to share that real quick. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I could definitely imagine people uh, using the Charm and Hers. Oh my god. It was creative. It was a co-ed team. I'm like, how can I put like a Pokemon into it? And I just thought Charmander, Charmander, and then somehow I ended up on Charm and Hers. One of the best things I've done in my life. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks. So before we move on to the next topic, so if somebody ever had any interest in getting involved with factions, like how do they go about it? How do they get involved? I'd say the main way is to join the Sylph Arena Tournaments Discord. If you're in there, there should be a factions role and you can just try to enter a faction. I wouldn't say it's the best way to join a faction. There isn't really a perfect way to do it. But if you're starting out, there might be somebody that needs just one person. I would personally think Twitter might be the better way to go. It's kind of like a spider web and you're just kind of hoping somebody gets caught where you're asking for people to join your squad. Like when you just need one or two people. Yeah, just get your name out there, see what people might be interested in, and try to do well in GBL, I'd say. And that might be a way to uh, get people's eyes on you more. So you're involved in the TCG in some way. Do you collect cards or you just play the game or like how involved are you? I started with Shining Fates for getting back into Pokemon cards. When I was a kid, I did get my dad to buy me a few tins. I know he got me a Requazitin that wouldn't worth some crazy amount right now because it's impossible to find now. It's always when we're kids, we get the valuable stuff. We just don't realize until we're older. Yeah, this thing had like a gold star Requaza in it or something. something <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm just like, ooh, shiny cardboard. I just kept watching people open cards on YouTube. Max Mofa is one of my favorites. I don't know what it was because I couldn't justify buying Pokemon cards before Shining Fates. And Shining Fates was the peak of Pokemon, like where people were going crazy. I still don't have every Pokemon card from Shining Fates. What about it makes that collection so difficult to complete? Oh my gosh. Something about modern Pokemon makes Pokemon Go. How do we make people buy more Pokemon cards? They want to make a 300 card set, something crazy like that. So you have to open up thousands of packs to get those 300 cards. Because you're not going to pull every card you need. You're going to get repeats like crazy. You might nature, pull multiple the Charizard V-Max. Yeah. It's a whole new monster trying to get everything in the shiny vault. Trying to pull 60 to 100 shinies and shining face. So you talked about Lewis, aka Pure Lighter. How did y'all two meet? We wouldn't have met each other if it wasn't for Pokemon Go. I really don't see how that would have happened. We were at a raid for a Tyranitar, and he actually asked me to join the Discord for our local Discord. 
He was a very prominent leader. And eventually at one of the raids, I think he was talking about doing a podcast. I know he was listening to other people like the Lured Up podcast. Obviously, you know, we were watching the YouTubers, Trainer Tips, Mystic 7, Pokemaster Holly. Pure Lighter was like, I want to do it, but I just can't get a co-host. I was like, hey, man, I'd definitely be down for that. He was very excited for it. He wanted one of his other friends to be in it, but sadly, his friend couldn't dedicate the schedule to it. I am very happy that we have the podcast going. We're over 100 episodes now. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. I, I don't remember. Yeah, when we hit the big uh, 100, uh, it's very exciting. How did the name Purified Podcast come about? Was it already pre-planned before you joined, or did y'all kind of come up with it together? We were brainstorming, and we just couldn't think of anything. I really wanted it to be like something that had to do with Pokemon Go. Shadow Pokemon had just come out very recently when we were deciding the name. And obviously his name is Pure Lighter. So I was like, I've got the perfect name. People are purifying their Pokemon right now. Let's put your name into it a little bit and be the purified podcast. Now, was this before y'all realized that uh, Shadow Pokemon were stronger, or was this kind of just... <laughs> I kind of like to think of it as Lewis is the good while I'm the evil. <laughs> 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 That's the way I like to think of it. He's talking about how good the, you know, we got to get that Hundo purified Pokemon. And I'm over here like, hey, man, I don't know. This 96 Shadow Machamp kind of strong, though. Actually, I thought you would be the purified part and he'd be the podcast part. Oh, no, no. He tries to talk some good into me. I'm the triggered evil boy. <laughs> so while y'all were playing the podcast, do you remember any of the other names y'all were kind of pitching around? I do not remember. There weren't any that I thought were that fun. Who designed the artwork? Pure Letter. He actually did it himself. We might do an updated version in the future. I do think the colors are pretty simple. Um, I, I think they definitely catch your eye. He says himself he's not artistic, but I really do like that art. Do you remember how the first episode went? I, I don't remember that much. I remember it was awkward, but we caught our steps. We knew very soon after that how we wanted it to go from the future on. I'm not saying that it was like a horrible start, because if it was, I, I don't know how long we would have went. It blotted out your memory. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm blocking it out. I'm blocking it out. <laughs> but I think we uh, started out walking and then uh, progressively we got more comfortable with what the podcast was. I think it's like wine, you know, we're getting better with age. I'm very excited because Pokemon Go just keeps dropping more news, dropping more Pokemon. And we just keep getting excited for it. Definitely. And I get excited whenever new news, new news drop because then, like, all right, I get to cover this in the podcast the next episode. It's great. Yup. Yeah, it's like whenever stuff happens in the community, too, it's always fun to celebrate somebody winning championships and stuff. Just knowing, like, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait to hype this up with everybody. So y'all started actually the podcast a month before the pandemic started. I believe February was y'all's first episode. What was it like when the pandemic hit to record the Purified podcast at that time? Dude, it was uh, very strange starting out. And I would tell people right away, I was like, Pokemon Go is changing. But guess what? Things are going to change back in the future. Seeing Pokemon Go basically turn upside down for you know a year and a half, two years, and then uh, try to go back to normal after that. It's been really crazy, especially to have it like documented. Part of what makes your show unique, for those who may not know, is that y'all go live on Twitch every single episode. At least the ones I've seen recently. 
Has that always been a staple of your podcast, or is that something that kind of came in later? We've always tried to go uh, live, and yeah, I don't think we've ever changed that. Even when we have guests, we always try to go live with them if we need to change the day because uh, one of our schedules conflicts or maybe our guest can't go live at a certain time. We do accommodate that and go live at a slightly different time. We don't really have a set time for getting the podcast out there. You know, I'm sure there's some people that like that because it's kind of like a pleasant surprise. I know that you want to get trainerships on the show at some point. Have you had any luck trying to get them to come on Purified or is that still a work in progress? We haven't tried recently. I've met him twice. I know Pure Lighters talk to him. Maybe if the both of us were to chat with him, you know, at a, a future GoFest or event, I might be able to talk him into it. I know he's probably very busy. I do want to have him on the squad with Pure Lighter and I. I, I think that's like the pinnacle. It's like, Mama, I made it. <laughs> Trainer Tips is on my show. Yeah, I, I, I love the people we've had. Speedish Chief was a huge step for me because, you know, I knew about him before he was the world champion. We had him on the podcast multiple times before he was world champion. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, like he's a local boy, too. He's from Florida. I remember I watched you guys and I'm like, how do they do this? Because it would, for me, in my opinion, it'd be overwhelming to manage both Twitch as well as trying to concentrate on the host and the topics at hand, like... That's three different things at one. I can barely do the one talking to the mic. Yeah. The fact you got to worry about Twitch chat, are we live? How's the audio? Can they hear us? There's a bunch of things that play into it that are definitely stressful. I've dropped calls before because of internet and <laughs> that that's probably the worst thing that can happen. Definitely. And y'all just make it look so easy now because you go into the show, you know, I'll say hello and whatnot, but y'all actually respond and y'all respond in a timely manner while still being able to stay on topic. And it just kind of shows that there's more different ways to do in a podcast besides doing it in private, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, all, all power to every podcast. I think everybody has their own unique and a special spin on it. It's just about finding a way that works for you for sure. So if somebody did have any interest in like starting a podcast, whether it be Pokemon Go or anything, like what would you tell them? I wouldn't recommend to buy the most expensive mic or a crazy computer. Just record on your phone. Find a cheap way to start it. You don't need to sound like Morgan Freeman. You just need a microphone to record your words, your thoughts, and then see how it sounds. Upload it. You might get a few listeners, and if you like it, continue invest in it because you want to make sure you actually do want to do this in your free time, you know? Very much so. Now, if you do sound like Morgan Freeman, please contact me because I need so I would love you to do my introduction for my podcast. That would be <laughs> having Morgan Freeman as an intro for my podcast would be amazing. We now watch the march of the Pokemon Go players. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do have one last question before I let you go. What has been, in your opinion, your biggest accomplishment when it comes to Pokemon Go? Ooh, oh my gosh. I think the thing that got me the most excited was getting a Hundo Rayquaza from my first Lucky Trade. I'd say my biggest accomplishment is one of my Shundos. A Shundo Ultras with Sky Attack. Ooh. Um, yeah, probably not the most crazy legendary. You know, it's not the most usable, but it, it is something that means a lot to me, especially being Valor uh, <laughs> holds a little bit of a flame to it. No pun intended. Oh, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you go, Chris, how could people find you? Like, do you have a Twitter handle, your Twitch? Like, plug away. 
you know, if you, if you want to follow me on Twitter, Pokemon Trigger, please, uh, PKMN Trigger, PLZ, post a little bit on there, mostly about Pokemon card stuff. I do definitely uh, retweet the podcast, which is on a Pure Letters channel on Twitch. Feel free to drop by and enjoy the podcast. Hope you enjoy listening to this one because it's been very fun. Definitely. And if anybody is listening to this episode, I will include links to both Chris's Twitch as well as links to the Twitter for both the podcast and Chris. So that way, if you have any interest, you can just click on it and bada bing, bada boom. That's all I have for today. Thank you all for joining me for another episode of As the Pokeball Turns. As a reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your podcast streamer of choice. If you want to listen to more, please check out my episodes. Also, if you enjoy the show, consider sharing with a friend, family member, anyone and everyone who plays Pokemon Go. Feel free to follow me on all my socials by clicking the link in the description of today's show. Just as I said, Pokemon Trigger Please links will be in the show as well. And I'll see you next time. On the next episode of Trainer's Eyes. So you can never find me if you ever try. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Um, right? <laughs> <laughs>